You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownPuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Thunder game against the Philadelphia 76ers and the Thunder getting two important pieces back. So let's start the way we always do with the game overview. In this game, SGA was, of course, out with his foot injury. Josh Hall, Isaiah Roby, sideline with concussions. Mike Muscala was out with the ankle injury. And then, of course, Al Horford is sitting out for the remainder of the season. The Thunder did get back, though, Lou Dort and Darius Baisley, who make their return for Baisley the first time since the All-Star break, and for Lou Dort uh, the first time after a couple of weeks. The Sixers were without George Hill, without Tobias Harris, and without Danny Green. Joel Embiid was playing today on the second night of a back-to-back. The starters for this game, for the Thunder, were Tail Maldon, Lou Dort, Alexei Pokashevsky, Darius Baisley, and Moses Brown. They averaged the age of 20 years old. Incredibly young starting lineup, I believe the youngest in NBA history. And then pregame, that starting small forward, Alexei Pokashevsky, he was favoring his shoulder all pregame during the warm-ups, while he was shooting everything, just favoring that shoulder. He does play, he does start, but after eight minutes of action, he leaves and is never to be returned in this game. And Jalen Horde starts in his place in the second half. And Mark, after the game, told us that, you know, it's just something that they knew was going to happen, right? They, they knew that this morning, on Saturday morning, that he was hurting, his shoulder was hurting, and he tried to give it a go, he tried to tough it out, couldn't do it. He just hurt too bad to shoot and hurt too bad with that shoulder discomfort. And so he's out for now, but they hope to get better results on Sunday and Monday, the two off days prior to the next game against the Utah Jazz. So we'll find out more about Poku as the days go on. I'm sure that the Thunder will take advantage of these off days. They might practice Sunday or Monday, but I'm not sure because they have such a tough stretch of games back to back to back to back to back coming up to finish out this year. They might just take both days completely off in terms of actual practices and kind of have them more voluntarily. But if they do have practices, they'll have media availabilities. And if they do have media availabilities, they'll have me in there to get you guys the answers on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. It does not seem too major. It just seems like some mild shoulder discomfort and, and Poku will be perfectly fine. But Baisley is the lead story in this one. Darius Baisley makes his triumphant return in the second half. While we've been spending the last three weeks, four weeks, debating Baisley's future, every Thunder fan known to man right now, that's on Twitter at least, has been bickering back and forth. Is Baisley a part of this core? Is Baisley you know, a, a future building block? Is Baisley going to be the most expendable young player? What's it going to be with Darius Baisley? They're trying to make these decisions on the 20-year-old, and, and we all get sucked into this vacuum of the NBA season. We all live in real time, and sometimes we forget to take ourselves back 300 feet, right? Take yourself back 500 feet, 
look at this in the macro instead of the micro. With Darius Baisley, he makes his debut. Now, at, at the All-Star break, I said he was going to have a fantastic second half of the year, and then he gets hurt and doesn't play until just now. So I'm feeling good about my prediction after tonight. But he makes his debut today, and in the face of all that, he goes out in the first quarter, drops 10 points, does not miss a shot in that first quarter. He finishes with 17 points in this game. And there's a lot of factors to remember about Darius Baisley this year. It is discouraging that to this point in the year, he's been the only player under Mark Dignot to not progress, to not get better. But he's changing his role, so he's now an NBA starter. He's getting game plan for by NBA defenses, and he's been taking on the toughest defensive assignments at times whenever he was actually playing before this injury. So all those factors hurt a guy who's only in his second NBA year, who's changing his role, changing his coach, changing, changing his environment, changing the teammates around him from last year to this year, has played in just over... 82 games is looking for that new role deals with that shoulder injury and did not look good this year. There's no doubt about that, but he's 20 years old and didn't go to college, went through that new balance internship. So he was already removed from the actual professional organized basketball scene. Jumping back into his rookie year, had moments his rookie year of looking really good, look really promising has not had those moments this year. And in this game, he steps in to guess what? A brand new role yet again. He's, working with basically an entirely new team, right? The, the guys that were playing in this game, Alexei Pokashevsky, who is a completely different player from the All-Star break, from before the All-Star break, whenever Baisley got hurt, right? Moses Brown, who was getting no run with the Thunder and really hardly ever, if ever, overlapped with Darius Baisley whenever he was healthy. Lou Dort's still there. Tim Malvon is, again, a better player than he was whenever Baisley got hurt. Jalen Horde plays 24 minutes, who was not even on the team whenever Darius Paisley was healthy. Tony Bradley, again, 25 minutes, was not even on the team whenever Darius Paisley was healthy. Sue McKayluk, playing 20 minutes, was not even on the team whenever Darius Paisley was healthy. Same thing with Ty Jerome, who dealt with that ankle injury for the majority of the time that Paisley was healthy. Then you had uh, Justin Robinson play five minutes, but that doesn't really matter here or there. Either way, you're not having Shea, you're not having your normal pieces around you. You're thrown into this brand new environment, even in this game alone. And he still plays very well his first game back. He tells us after the game that he actually fractured his scapula, which the injury report said that he had a shoulder contusion. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV or on podcasts. I don't know if that's the same thing, just called different terms, right? I don't know if a, if a fractured scapula is a shoulder contusion and they're just kind of interchangeable or if it's totally different injuries, but they sound totally different to me. Fractured sounds a lot worse than a shoulder contusion, which to me was described as a deep bruise. That sounds totally different than a fracture. So it leads you to believe maybe the injury report is not 110% accurate. It's just a blanket injury of, hey, this is the general, uh, this is the general layman's term type of pain he's dealing with where you look back at that plantar fasciitis of Shea, what if we find out later that he actually has a different foot injury than plantar fasciitis? I'm not, I'm not going to say that that's a for sure thing because, again, I don't even know what a fractured scapula or, or scapula is. It could exactly be a shoulder contusion, and I have no idea. But that was interesting after the game we found out the official injury name from Darius Baisley. So putting all those qualifiers into this season for him and into this specific game for him, you can see why there is so much optimism, at least from me, around his 17-point game. He dropped 17 points, gets a steal in this game, has the nine rebounds, which that was really the only thing that he really did elite before the injury was rebounding. Everything else was not very good. And 
playing into that was also the position he was put into, right? Now, I don't know if this is a Mark Dignot decision, if this is a Darius Baisley decision, if this is a Sam Presley decision, but whatever the case is, whenever he was playing prior to this game, Baisley was not moving well off the ball. He was hardly ever doing it. They tried to make him that three-point shooting guy, standing in the corner a bit too much, trying to get open at the three-point line. Whenever he could have used his athleticism more to get to the rack and cut off ball because as a cutter, he has a an 86% field goal percentage when cutting to the rim off ball. And you saw him move a lot better in this game. The big glaring point of this contest for Baisley was the turnovers. He had nine of them. But again, most of them were miscues. It was, it was air, mailing, air mailing a guy here. It was expecting this guy to be over there when he's actually over here. It was things like that to where that comes with time. That's going to happen whenever you, first of all, have been on the shelf since the All-Star break about a month ago. Second of all, you're playing with an entirely new group of guys. And to my knowledge, has not practiced with these guys yet even because he's been so hurt. So most of them were miscues. It was the air mailing. It was the expecting a guy to be somewhere else other than where he was. Then there was also the time where he just got absolutely swiped by Joel Embiid, one of the consensus top defenders in this entire league. Nothing to be ashamed about. One time he dribbles the ball off of his foot. One time he makes a beautiful pass to Moses Brown. It goes out of bounds. Like It is just miscues and then Joel Embiid being Joel Embiid. And then you accidentally drove a ball for foot, which happens here and there all the time. So it's a bigger number and a more glaring number at nine turnovers than what was actually shown on the court with the eye test to where I'm not concerned that he'll be this high turnover guy whenever his usage, if his usage ever does go up with the ball in his hands. I've been beating the drum of Baisley being a playmaker and Baisley having the ball in his hands and Baisley being able to bring the ball up and get his teammates involved, facilitate. And this glaring nine turnovers on the box score does not indicate he can do that, but when you watch what happened, it's a totally different scenario to where, you know, realistically, he had about three turnovers, right? The, the Joel Embiid, the dribbling off your foot, he, and you can give him one more. He had, he had about three turnovers, and the rest were just simple, hey, we have not played together ever, and we're figuring this thing out on the fly against a really, really good Philadelphia defense that is just swarming to the basketball and is playing the passing lanes and is, and is just overwhelming us with their length. That's just status quo against Philadelphia. Coming up, we're going to talk more about Darius Baisley. I get to spread more Darius Baisley propaganda, as you all know I love to do since May when taking over this podcast. And then we'll talk about Lou Dort. We'll talk about Tony Bradley, who had a really good game. We'll talk about Ty Jerome, who was just jaw-dropping, and so much more. All coming up on the Locked on Thunder podcast. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Indeed. You are the hiring expert of your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of qualified candidates. You need to hire a partner who helps you make life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that helps hire everything as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your qualified shortlist of candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job descriptions faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed's Instant Match, giving you qualified candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed skills test that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests and add your own and then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applicants that meet them. 
according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than any other job site combined. If you're hiring, then you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer only valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They are soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside of every single bar. They are phenomenal for a health conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. Listen, they are so filling. You can use them pre-workout or post-workout, but you can even use them as a meal replacement or a snack. They are fantastic. My personal favorite is the cookies and cream built bar. So try them out today by going to builtbar.com using promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. You will not want to miss them. Again, builtbar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you, better good friends, off the Locked On Today podcast, the Locked On Today podcast is incredible. I use it every single morning to get ready for my day, and they debrief me on all the sports news I might have missed while focusing on the association the night before. They expand my sports horizon at the Locked On Today podcast, hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast from. Trust me, it's all the sport news you can ever need, all of it. Golf, you name it. Golf, tennis, basketball, baseball, hockey, football, whatever it is. You name it, they've covered it. Locked On Today, in under 20 minutes, you have everything you need to know about sports to be that sports savant you want to be. Check them out on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get podcasts from. Let's dive back into Darius Baisley, though, because I just love spreading Baisley propaganda. Darius Baisley was really good beyond the arc, which goes back to the point in segment one of they're trying to use him as more of the shooter, trying to use him as a floor spacer that can help SGA on the driving kicks, which we know SGA is a lead at. And in this game, Baisley not only hits a step back three off the dribble, but is able to knock down two other three-point shots. He goes three for four in total from beyond the arc. And to already have that shooting touch in your first game back after a month layoff against a good defense in Philadelphia is a really good sign for the future of this season for Baisley. He had some great drives, finishing over Joel Embiid, had two beautiful dump-offs to Moses Brown to attribute to his five total assists. And that was probably the most impressive part. Now, again, the... Turnovers will detract from that a bit. He did get a steal to kind of counteract nine of those turnovers. The turnovers on the box score will detract from some of that, but take those turnovers out of your mind real quick because of just the very fluky nature of them, as we discussed in segment one, to where I loved him as a playmaker. There was that play where he gets the ball in the corner and he starts to drive, and you can see where defenses are respecting him as a driver, as a cutter, as a driver to the rim, because he's getting the defense to shade over towards him because of that effective field goal percentage while cutting to the rim. And the defense is shade over to him. They leave Moses Brown, and, and Darius Baisley goes around one defender, puts the ball perfectly into the pocket of Moses Brown. Moses Brown's able to have a beautiful dunk, and the rest is history for that possession. It worked to perfection, and, and Baisley, with the ball in his hands, is such a good player. His elite skill set in the NBA has been his rebounding. Prior to the NBA, there was a ton of respect and a ton of 
talk around how his elite trait would be that playmaking and the ball in his hands at his size, the ability to dribble, the ability to navigate a defense, the ability to set up his teammates, that that would be where he'd flourish at the NBA level to where I want to see him get more of that, more of that responsibility. Because last year, it didn't come for him. His rookie season, he's sharing the floor with SGA, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder. He's sharing the floor with all these guards to where there's just not enough room. There's not enough basketballs to go around. It's like what we talk about with the Nets to an extent. There's not enough basketballs for everyone to be a playmaker whenever you already have SGA, who you need playmaking minutes for, Dennis, who you need playmaking minutes for, Chris Paul, who you need playmaking minutes for, and so on down the line. So where the playmaking development of Darius Baisley got, got, got kind of pushed to the side a bit. I want the rest of the season to look more like this game to where he has more chances with the ball and as, as, as the primary decision maker of a possession. But he was awesome in the glass again, as he has been this entire season. It's been his most consistent and most elite trait with nine boards in this one, a rebound shy of that double-double. Remember, there was a stretch where Despite all the bad that he did, we thought that there was a chance he could be that double-double machine this year. Uh, and, of course, the injuries and the poor offenses kind of sidetracked that a bit. But he certainly has that, uh, that elite rebounding trait for his game. What's going to be so much fun, and I've always been looking for ways to convey this team to you guys to where I know that the losses suck. I know that even if you are rooting for the tank, which I think at this point everyone is in, in Thunderland, even if you are rooting for the tank, it does suck watching your favorite team lose every single day. So I'm looking for uh, that positive outlook and, and, and the way to grasp onto this team and keep watching them uh, for the for the non-diehards that will watch every single minute of any game. It's watching how Darius Baisley meshes with Alexei Pokashevsky. To a certain extent, Moses Brown, but more so Alexei Pokashevsky. Because if Baisley is going to turn into a starter starting-level player for you, and you expect Poke to turn into this unicorn-type player for you, they're going to have to be on the floor at the same time. And they're going to have to coexist. And we didn't get to see that in this game, but for eight minutes. And, and Poku was obviously a shell of himself after that injury, and you could just tell that from the get-go. So you can't even judge Poku on his 0-for-1 night from beyond the arc, 0-for-2 night in general, and his zero points scored. You can't really make any, any sort of sweeping judgments of how they're going to play together. But that moving forward, whenever they're both healthy, whenever they both play, that will be... The top storyline. This entire season's been Shea. It's been Shea, Shea, Shea. And when Shea returns, it will still be Shea in terms of who's the most fun player to watch and who's the most, who, who's the best player to watch, the best basketball player on the floor will be Shea for either team for like 90% of these games. But the biggest storyline will no longer be Shea because we know that Shea, what Shea can do. We know that Shea is that all-star caliber, budding superstar guard. We, we've seen that. He's proven that. There's nothing he can do whenever he returns the rest of this year to change that. There's no level of bad he can play to change that, and any level of good just reinforces that. So he he's proven enough this year to where the new big storyline to follow as this team loses games is Darius Baisley and Poku. Can, can they be on the same floor together? Can they make it work? Now, it's not going to be like this, okay, this is the only time they get to prove it, and if they can't do it right now, then it's over, said, done, no more chances. It's also not going to be, well, they looked really good in this stretch here, so they absolutely can play together forever. It's not going to be this, this one-size-fits-all perfect answer this year, but it will be at least a glimpse into the future. Okay, we saw a glimpse to where maybe they can't play together, so how are we going to build our team now that we, we're unsure if they can play together? Or we saw flashes where they can play together. How would we build our team if they can play together? So 
That will be how you evaluate this team moving forward with these losses. It'll be Baisley and Poku playing alongside each other because they're both going to start. That's helped, by the way, by Al Horford sitting out because you no longer owe a spot in that starting group to that Grizzly veteran in Al Horford. You can do whatever you want to to where Moses Brown fits in there at the center, and then you have the two open spots for Bays and Poku uh, for your perimeter players on the wing. And I cannot wait to watch these two play a full, healthy game alongside each other because that will be a very important storyline to follow with this rebuild if you believe in both players. Now, if you think that only Poku's going to be good for the for his career and only going to he's going to be the only starting level player of the two, then it doesn't really matter all that much. But if you believe that they're both going to be good and they're both going to warrant starting spots, then it's incredibly important for the franchise moving forward how these two play with each other. What's amazing to me is even before Sam Presti ever cashes in one of these first round picks, there's a lot of tough decisions to make. Is SGA a starter? Absolutely. Lou Dort a starter? Absolutely. Tail Maldon a starter? Maybe. Poku a starter? Maybe. Darius Baisley a starter? Maybe. That's five right there. You don't have your center yet, which is going to clog up another spot. You have so many other holes to fill to where you have five guys who could be capable of starting or are locks to start. And how do you build your team based on that? What's going to happen moving forward with that starting group will be very, very fun to watch. Now, coming up, we're going to talk about Lou Dort and talk about Ty Jerome along with Jalen Horde in this game. But in the end, the Thunder just did not play well enough to beat this 76ers team. And despite the scoreboard, right, you lost 117-93, it was not actually a bad game for the Thunder. Like, they, they had the bad turnovers, which when you turn the ball over 23 times or 22 times, you're not going to beat an elite team. You're not going to beat many teams in this league if you turn it over 22 times. But if they weren't playing the Philadelphia 76ers, let's say they play this carbon copy exact game against the Wizards on April 23rd. If they play this exact game, they will not be blown out. They did not play a game that warranted them getting blown out despite their flaws in this one. But you played a great and elite Philadelphia 76ers team. What are you going to do about it? Like, it's just tough. It's just a tough look when you play Philadelphia. This team played much better than the scoreboard indicates. And a lot of that's due to Tony Bradley. It's due to Baisley. It's due to Dort. And it's due to Ty Jerome, Jalen Horde. We'll talk about all that coming up along with the awards from this game. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, and MLB are in full swing. And also, even though the football season's over, you can still bet football prop bets, such as the NFL draft coming up, who's going to go first overall, and many more prop bets at betonline.ag. Would they even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV? Real-time updated odds and props, almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus and first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus and first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. We use them every single day. Every single day we use BetOnline.ag. We bet on every single Thunder game. We do it at BetOnline.ag. So how do you do it? You go to betonline.ag. You use our promo code locked on. That's our promo code locked on to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Your online sportbook experts. So we are back on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I want to tell you right now. But our good friends over at the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. The Locked On NBA Draft Podcast will be your new best friend 
that and tankathon.com as we enter in to this stage of caring about draft picks uh, more so than we ever have before us Thunder fans. You'll need to check out tankathon.com for all the odds and the mock drafts. You'll need to take on and, and check out Locked On NBA Draft for all the insight analysis of all the top prospects and everything in between top prospects. They cover literally everybody on the Locked On NBA Draft podcast for credentialed NBA Draft hosts on Locked On NBA Draft, including uh, Richard Stamen, who will join this podcast on Tuesday to talk about how you should evaluate NBA Draft prospects. So that'll be a fun kickoff to our NBA Draft coverage, which will happen right here on Locked On Thunder for the majority of, the, of this next three, four months. Every off day, for the most part, is littered with NBA Draft content from here on out. We've mapped out the entire show from now until the day of the draft, and a lot of it is is centric around or, or centered around NBA Draft content. Cannot wait for that, but check out Locked on NBA Draft on the Odyssey app, wherever else you get your podcast from. Let's dive in now to Lou Dort's return, Ty Jerome, Jalen Horde, and Tony Bradley. So Lou Dort was Lou Dort. He comes back from that concussion, and he starts making threes, including one that was over the outstretched arms of Matisse Thibel, which made me irrationally happy that Lou Dort nailed that three over Matisse Thibel. He goes two for four from beyond the arc, has some couple, has a couple great drives, a couple great floaters. He looked good. He looked good. And, and his defense was still there, obviously, because he's Lou Dort. Good game from Lou Dort. Picks up exactly where he left off. Ty Jerome, and I'll say it again, I criminally underrated Ty Jerome's playmaking ability. From way back in his college days to his son's days and every stop in between, I never gave Ty Jerome the credit he deserves as a playmaker. I've always labeled him as that space to floor, sharp shooter who can knock down some threes. But his game is so much more than that. His game is getting his teammates involved. It is his ability to pass the ball. It is his ability to set teammates up and have this amazing court vision. He gets four rebounds, five assists, 12 points. He does still knock down threes, obviously. He goes one for three from beyond the arc on this one and gets to the line five times. But he can do more than that. He can set up teammates with those assist numbers. He makes incredible passes. He's just a high IQ player. He's also a crafty scorer. Like, the spin move at the elbow was something I never would have thought that Ty Jerome could make look so effortless at the NBA level. Jerome's a really good player. Now, there's going to be so many questions to answer, and that's why this offseason will be so much fun, is seeing how Sam Presti answers these questions. There's going to be so much roster turnover that has to happen, like so much roster turnover, it's not even funny, that we'll be shuffling names around all summer long. But for as confident as you can be with a team that's that's managed by Sam Presti, who can pull a rabbit out of the hat at, any, at a moment's notice, I am almost assured and almost a thousand percent confident that Ty Jerome will not only be on this team next year, but will be a significant piece of the future moving forward. Because how are you going to find a bench player like Ty Jerome at any other stop or an upgrade from Ty Jerome? He's young. He fits the timeline. He fits what your team will need once you cash in those elite draft picks. He's perfect. He's the perfect player for the future. So he's going to be a part of this core for sure. Now, it's still up in the air to an extent on Roby or on Mikhail Luke or on Tony Bradley to an extent or any of these other players. But it's time to move Ty Jerome into that lock category of for sure here for the absolute long haul and part of the core 
the next time you want to win a championship. Now, he won't be a starter, I don't think, on one of those kind of teams, obviously. He's not starting even right now. But he will be a, a big part and in the rotation of those teams that have sights set on the championship rather than sights sets on the top overall pick. Ty Jerome continues to impress this year for Oklahoma City. Tony Bradley comes out here and gets a double-double, his first as a member of the Thunder, his first double-double as a member of the Thunder, against his old team in Philadelphia. Plays really well, gets 16-14 and 14 in this game. And Tony Bradley works an incredible pick-and-roll. It just it, it's, it's something that if you care about the X's and O's and you care about that kind of nerdier side of basketball, how beautiful a pick-and-roll can look and how well-executed a pick-and-roll can look, then you need to watch all the Tony Bradley highlights that you can because him and Ty Jerome were amazing at that pick and roll, especially you know, with his pairing of Ty Jerome. Great and brilliant. And 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 Tony Bradley is going to force some tough decisions for this team moving forward. And I just cannot stress enough how exciting this offseason will be. The NBA is truly a year-round sport, but this year more so than ever. You have the draft lottery, you have the draft, you have free agency, you have the Olympics, you have the preseason training camp, and then you have a season going right back up again in, what, October, early November at worst, because I want to get back on track. It's why we're cramming all this into this short amount of time in the short season, because you want to get back onto that October, November schedule. It's going to be boom, 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 and I cannot wait to cover it all on Locked on Thunder. But Tony Bradley was awesome in this game. Moses Brown struggled a bit with, with the task of Joel Embiid. Duh, Joel Embiid's a great center in this league and is an MVP candidate in this league. No surprise there that he struggled. Jalen Horde was fun to watch. Jalen Horde had a high IQ play where he picks up Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard tries to be this, oh, I'm going to bring the ball up the floor. And typically, you'd see guys not even pay him any mind, let him bring the ball up and set up the offense because they know that Dwight Howard will not try to take him off the dribble and try to drive. But instead, Jalen Horde gets up close and personal with Joel Embiid and forces his hand to where he freaks out a bit and tosses it backcourt, has a backcourt violation, resulting in a turnover just by being a heady player and not allowing... Dwight Howard, of all people, to dribble the ball past the timeline. He also, Jalen Horde, had some very crafty and nifty finishes that I liked watching. I would love to see Horde back on a two-way contract next year. He's just a fun player to watch get minutes. I don't think that his future holds a long-term NBA piece, but his future is one that is somewhat like Deontay Burton to where there's moments and there's games and there's fun stuff around it. But when you get down to it, not exactly an NBA long haul type of player, but he is fun to watch. He's very fun to watch the bet of the day today. I got crazy with it and I picked Oklahoma city plus 10 and a half Philadelphia on the second night of back to back. No Tobias Harris, no Danny green, no George Hill. They had Joel Embiid for the second night of back to back. That had been Simmons, but still, missing those guys, playing a, a team in Oklahoma City who you look at the standings and say, oh, we should just roll them over. And then this game gets closer than imagined. So I, I had Oklahoma City plus 10.5 to still lose, but they at least cover. They absolutely did not do that. But here's the big kicker. I did, before the game, pick Darius Baisley as the money ball pick of this game for the Thunder. And guess who nailed three threes? Darius Baisley. And he's the only player on the Thunder roster to hit three threes. Therefore, he wins the money ball award only Furkan Korkmaz had more threes than him. He had four. But that doesn't matter because we only judge it on the Thunder players. The MVP of this game is Baisley because of the bounce back, because that the fact that he was caught in the crosshairs of every Thunder fan on Twitter of, oh, they should trade him. They should move on from him. What does his future look like? And he rebounds very nicely in his first game. Now, he has to do this consistently because there was a reason why fans were that upset with him. There was a reason why fans are 
are picking apart his body language. There's a reason why fans were considering him expendable and why he is the most expendable of any of the other young players, right? So, like, they're not wrong to where if you are going to use a young player as a sweetener, it's not SGA, it's not Dort, it's not Poco, it's not Maldon, it's Darius Basley. That's 100% for sure. Uh, but on the other hand, you can't also give up on him yet because he's 20 years old and he's still a young player. So, so in the face of all that adversity, with the injury, with a, a brand new team on the floor with him tonight, he's able to still produce and play very well and play one of the best games, if not the very best game of his season in this contest. So he's the MVP of this contest for the Thunder. Hats off to Darius Baisley. Dealt with a lot to get back to this point, and I cannot wait to see if he can make this consistent moving forward this year. So follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. Make sure that you subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. And also look out for tomorrow's show with Richard Stamen of Locked On NBA Draft whenever we discover how to evaluate NBA Draft prospects. And then on Friday, we're going to have an amazing guest like a, a truly amazing national guest that you will not want to miss. We'll talk about that later in the week and then have that show for you on Friday. It will be incredible. I cannot wait for this interview and to post it, and it's going to be so much fun. So make sure you're locked into that. Lock on to Locked on NBA Draft and to Locked on Thunder. Be sure to subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast from and follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.